Ahoy, ahoy! Welcome to a Friday edition of The Little Red Bandwagon, number episode number 189. Today in Linwood Studios, I'm your host, Christy, and for the very first time, also in Linwood Studios, we have Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. Stop the show. <laughs> What's up, everybody? And joining us in the Mailman Studios in Tacoma, Washington, Jeff Richardson. Hello, Jeff. What? <laughs> How did I get here? I'm not even supposed to be here the, today. The same reason I'm here, Jeff. They ran out of other people to talk to. <laughs> oh, sweet. Jeremy, <laughs> let's talk some shit. <laughs> All right. So like I said, we have Jeff today and he's going to talk about his favorite episode. But first, Jeremy is going to introduce us to Jeff a little bit. Mr. Jeff. Jeremy. How's it going, man? It's going real good, dude. Let's start with this, Jeff. Uh, you live in Tacoma, Washington, the beautiful Bay right. City of Tacoma. Uh, it's about an hour south of Seattle. And you, uh, you, I know you do stand-up, and I know you do some podcast stuff. Uh, but uh, Well, hold up. I don't actually do any of the standing myself, oh. but I have... I have hosted a few excellent live stand-up events oh so you do the emceeing or the hosting of the i i've stand-up. done a little of that but mostly just putting it on and then you know, we would tape a podcast hour like to introduce everybody and then the show would happen um i did do a storytelling thing once on my friend's uh valentine's day like broken heart show and I told the story of how um, a girl broke up with me who was a complete narcissist, but that's a del- different part of the story. <laughs> um, and uh, and it all builds up to the last line where I'm, I'm in the parking lot and I'm looking up. She's standing on the curb and she's looking down at me and I say, and she's breaking up with me in the Jack in the Box parking lot. And I say... I'm going to love you till I'm dead. <laughs> but did you get yeah. tacos? No, oh. I think I went home and cried for several weeks. Oh. Imagine how much better that crying would have been if you could have been crying into a bag of Jack in the Box tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, delicious tacos. It, it would have been great. So you, you're kind of like the Mike Frizzell of... Uh, uh, as Mike Frizzell is to this podcast, where he gets everybody else to do the work, uh, just gathers everybody together. You're kind of the same way with stand up. So you, you like put on shows, basically, like you host shows at at like clubs or. Wait, wait, wait. As someone who plans events, I wouldn't say that he does. <laughs> he makes everyone do the work. It's a lot of work to book people and put things on. Okay. And. And where do you do, like, where do you, do, where do the shows happen? Do they happen at uh, They usually or? happen at, at my house. Uh, when I was in Gig Harbor, I did the the Happy Housewarming, mm-hmm. and that was, or no, it was Happy Homecoming, and that was when I went and had to go home and live with my parents mm-hmm. for <laughs> a while <laughs> to save up to buy this house that I now live in. So anyway, that was at a friend's house, and um, 
we just had all kinds of great comedians. Uh, and Aaron Roden, actually, the aforementioned, I asked him if he knew any Seattle comics that he thought were really good that could headline. And he gave me the name of Emmett Montgomery, who yeah. is incredibly funny. If you guys get a chance to see him, uh, he he runs a regular show called The Magic Hat. Anyway, um, but yeah, this podcasting thing, man, it's afforded me opportunities to do interesting events so so these events you you have them at your house uh yeah generally the first one was at the new frontier lounge in tacoma Mm -hmm. but it it was weird having a podcast event with a whole bunch of people who have no idea a podcast event (laughs) is going on Mm -hmm. so like like i was lucky to enough to have a critical mass of people who actually knew it was happening but uh, sure. I could see how that could be weird, so I've tried to do it. Yeah, in like people's houses or whatever. Huh. And now that's... I have Mailman Studios. I have a whole basement that's big enough for chairs and stuff. So I've had all kinds of cool shows down there. Do these people? <laughs> do these people know that they're coming to somebody's house? Or when you invite them, do you say it's at Mailman Studios, and then you just give them the address? Oh. And then oh they yeah, I get and... I I do the whole rock show, get a poster, you know, all that stuff, and then tell uh, tell everybody I like, and and Casey tells everybody she likes, and uh, because it's a small space, we we uh, we don't go crazy with the promotions. Uh. So I usually end up spending like anywhere from three to five hundred dollars just to get good comedians and and whatnot. Um, I raised money for a suicide prevention charity couple years ago and that was really cool Mm -hmm. but it basically ended up just be being me donating some money to the charity (laughs) and can you explain who casey is casey is my amazing uh special lady friend in the mold of a christy wise jeremy holmes situation (laughs) uh we fell in love and then we began podcasting together. So. Because you had a show that you just podcast alone, which no one should ever do. And then. Uh, not exactly. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to shorten it real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost always had another person on the mic. They okay. just weren't necessarily a co-host. They were a guest. Okay. Um, yeah. But I was, I was Casey searching hard for guest your- hosts there for a while. And uh, that was that was like hanging off the edge of a ledge because I like to do it live in person, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the idea of of having to do a Skype one or like a a one with uh, uh, that you never know when it's going to come out, like it was really freaking me out. So mm-hmm. I've been lucky with guest hosts. So was Casey first your girlfriend or first your co-host? Oh, she was definitely first my dating partner. Dating partner. Okay. And. Uh, you know how it is when you're like you're probably not you're you're probably sure you you want to be with this person for the rest of your life, but like you just met, so you got to play it cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like that kind of thing, and then uh, a month or two in, I was like, "Hey, I'm going down to Tumwater to interview this kid, this up and coming stand up comedian, and uh, and you could come with me if you want. I don't have a a co host right now, so you could sit in if, and say stuff if you want." And she like just she was like a shark that didn't know about the water. Like she just mm-hmm. jumped right in and she's a natural. Yeah, she's pretty she, great. Yeah, she is great. That's awesome. So you mm-hmm. guys so you guys do your show together and uh, we'll like get uh, have a spot towards the end when you can throw out all the website and everything. But what's the name of your show that you guys do? 
Oh, it's called Everything is Awesome with Jeff and KC. And and what do you like what what's your guys' deal? So basically we met at a literary event and uh and we're two writers. Uh we both struggle with uh depression and other issues and we like to have big talk about all kinds of stuff, including pop culture and uh yeah, uh, we come from different ethnic backgrounds and different sort of political stripes and stuff, so we have a good back and forth. But we're also two people that care about each other a lot, so you get that kind of weird back and forth mm-hmm. interplay thing. And so I know you guys, you guys do the podcasting together. You said uh, like like me and Christy. I know that me and you have something else in common, uh, and I only know we've we've talked about it we haven't talked about it a ton but we've talked about it a little bit and you've been pretty you, public wait on hold on jeremy do you do you have the sad horns queued up <laughs> <laughs> i think we're gonna need a lot of those <laughs> um uh, uh but you have have talked pr- pretty publicly about how you uh recently made the decision to stop drinking that's right <laughs> yeah it, it was the the day after arbor day last year um what day is Arbor Day? <laughs> Here's the thing. Also, so what's an it's, Arbor? <laughs> so it, it's really hard for me to make uh, male friends for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of this podcast, I met Mike Fitzgerald, who owns Destiny City Comics here in Tacoma. And he has a podcast called Trouble with Trivia. I went on that show and uh, and became friends with him. And he's really cool. In fact, we were just there last night. Uh, Casey was taping on that show for the first time. Uh, but anyway, we, um, Casey and I had just started dating and I'd been invited to this Arbor Day party. Mike and Matt, they're, uh, they're partners and they like to host parties and they have a little garden and a table and whatnot. So, uh, so we went there, had a kick-ass great time, introduced her to everyone and, and all that. But I, uh, I had a tendency to tie one on a little too tight. <laughs> tie tie a few too many on. <laughs> uh, like and I and I'd been really good over the last few years of not drinking too much cuz I'm sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'd mostly smoke weed for that. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but if I was having fun and wanted to be loose enough to like keep having fun I drank way too much and uh and just was embarrassed. I I was probably more embarrassing to myself than to Casey, honestly. But I felt like this is probably one more thing that I'm just not going to do anymore cuz yeah. It uh it was just getting in the way of stuff, you know? Like I couldn't Oh, this is what it was. The next day, I couldn't remember that um, me and uh, a certain person had spent some time together, and I couldn't remember anything about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, what's the point of that? We should try to remember those <laughs> special moments. moments. <laughs> yeah, those are moments you want to remember, for sure. So, uh, I mean, as it relates to like being a part of this community of tens one thing that i've noticed as i've kind of observed the whole thing is there there's a lot of it that revolves around alcohol it seems like there's a lot of meetups at bars and people are always talking about drinking and 
Uh, I mean, one of their biggest sponsors that comes back every year is a winery and they have the big, you know, the picnic at the winery and everything. Has it been challenging for you at all to do these, you know, and I, I should say, I know that you're also active, like you said, and putting on these comedy shows and stuff like that. And I know that alcohol and, and uh, drinking is a big part of a lot of that whole kind of scene. Uh, so what 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 is that like for you? being active in the, the tin community and, you know, just as somebody that's in the comedy music world, uh, that's also sober. Well, the thing is for me, it was never about, um, it was never about the scene, you know, it was never about like, like I need to stay messed up so I can kind of like what Mike, what happened with Frizzell, like, I need to do this so I can loosen up and and be cool with people. Like for me, it was, it was the quest for oblivion, you know, mm -hmm. and like, and that outweighed like how good the beer tasted or whatever. Like, so, so now that I don't have to deal with that anymore, that that's just a thing. Oh, I'm not seeking that anymore. So I can set that aside now. Like if I go to a bar or whatever, I'll be like, oh, those people are having fun. But I wouldn't have been having that kind of fun. Mm -hmm, <laughs> I would have mm -hmm. been the I'm going to be in the bathroom later puking right. kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I can kind of like take or leave that. I can I can relate to people really well now because I seek out the kind of people that I relate to. Right. Like mm -hmm. um, in terms of art and, and different interests or whatever. I have an identity now. Like I. So I don't worry too much about that. I do miss sometimes deliciousness, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like, I mean, if you just sat around and thought about all the foods you'd never get to eat ever again, if you had to cut out butter. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. kind of like that. Yeah. Um, no, I can, uh, I, I can identify with that. No. <laughs> I miss the, you know, like on having a nice cold beer on a hot day or something like that. That's always yeah, fun. no duels yep. is fun or whatever just to pretend, but it it leaves a weird film on my mouth. So right, <laughs> it's not the <laughs> yeah. same. Yeah, the There's first one. Tons of lots of other drinks that are just as good. Yeah. Oh sure, sure, sure. And your your palate widens. I mean, you drink more water, like you feel better, like. Your, There's a million and one reasons palate why. Widens. That was... Okay, so when Jeremy stopped drinking, he full-on started eating candy specifically <laughs> skittles that he never <sighs> liked sweets before this did you have something like that where you compensated with other things here's the thing um i'm a stoner and i've been a sweet tooth since i was like seven mm -hmm. or whatever so um it's a daily practice to uh manage those things and uh at a certain point i might have to mark marin it and just be like cinnamon rolls are the enemy you know uh i <laughs> might have to be me. like a lot of aa folks who are like can't smoke weed i might have to go there eventually mm -hmm. but for now i'm smoking weed and and eating birthday cake ice cream and oh, that sounds delicious and, <laughs> and and Reese's peanut butter bells got devoured by the bag full <laughs> over the holiday season. So yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> and hopefully talking to your doctor too because that sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot, a lot, lot going on. Well, I'm proud of you. 
Well, thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. You're almost a year. I just looked up when the fuck Arbor Day is, and it looks like it's in April. <laughs> so <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, Jeff. Let's. Uh, I'm. I'm going to pass you over to Christy now and let her let her uh, work you over. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Jeremy. Okay. Hello, Jeff. <laughs> um, the first question is: How did you find TBTL? How did I find TBTL? Well, shoot. You know, Christy, I was sort of in a in an internet holding pattern for years because I, I was married to somebody with some issues and, and thought that there was stalking going on. So I wasn't on Facebook and I, mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, um, when my ex-wife left me, I started doing all the things that I wasn't doing before. Like, so I called up old friends I hadn't talked to in forever. I, uh, called up my mom who I hadn't talked to in a year and a half. Like I, started doing all this new stuff and one of the things was uh somebody had gifted me an ipod and i had never had the money or the training or the inclination or whatever to figure out how to do it or whatever and i started dating this girl and she just taught me how to get acres of songs onto my ipod Mm -hmm. and so i'm broadening my musical knowledge and i'm i'm learning all this stuff and and then she tells me about podcasts like Fresh Air, a couple others or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and I think I'd heard the word here or there, but I wasn't really a iPod guy, right? So I didn't know. And then my dad starts complaining about this new guy on the Dave Ross show. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I listened to Dave Ross and I'm like... Oh yeah, okay. I can see what my dad's talking about. This guy Dave Ross is smart and he's interesting. And I've, I think I'd met him at this point, like, or seen him across the room at some political event or whatever, mm-hmm. like when he was running for Congress, maybe. And I'm like, oh, this guy's funny. Like he's quick on his feet. That's cool. And then this other dude chimed in, and I was like, who's this guy? It turns out that's Andrew Walsh. And I'm like, that guy's so funny and interesting. He should have his own show. And then I find out there's this thing called a TBTL. And I go and listen to that. And I'm like, there's Andrew Walsh. What? (laughs) It was as if I had just found out what peanut butter and jelly are. And then (laughs) now I have access to to peanut butter and jelly all day. It was great. So then did you go back and listen to everything? No. You're not a perfect 10. No, it was daunting. I was like, it's, how many years? Daunting. Jeez. And the, oh, it used to be even longer. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. There's some some episodes that are like two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, do you remember what your first episode of TBTL was? I don't know for sure, but I do know that the Blue Angels on the roof of Luke's house was the first one that I can remember okay. specifically. It's a good one. <laughs> I was dying. Yeah. I was like, funny. oh my God, I'm this guy, Andrew, like me and him were like similar. It was weird. Jeremy, have you heard that episode? No. Oh, it's a classic. <sighs> you should listen to it. <laughs> Jeremy, come on. <laughs> um, What episode turned you into a 10? Well, I guess it would have been around the time that I, I finally sought out the Stens page. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> I don't well, know why this I said time... that actually. The Stens page is kind of awesome. Yeah, you love it, Jeremy. Even I when it's terrible, I can't you get love behind it. everybody trashing on yeah. it. <laughs> I, I say everybody go buck wild on the Stens page. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, um, I had uh, I had started listening to Grapes of Rad on a recommendation and Air Raid on a recommendation, and the recommendation came from fellow ten Sarah Kristen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I got to know DJ Moffat, and it turns out they were active over here at the Sten. So I, I checked that out, mm-hmm. and it's just been a podcast whirlwind ever since. <laughs> Do you remember? I got DJ over here talking about starting a podcast. I got all these people like you leading the way. It's wonderful. Do you remember what your first live event was? Because you've been to quite a few. Oh man, I, it was probably a picnic by myself mm-hmm. after the lady who told me about podcasts was gone. I think that's when we met you, right? Hmm. I feel like I met you guys at the first LRB event. Oh, that could be. That could be. I think down on the water. Yes. Yes. The pier, whatever that Irish place was. Yep. Patty Coins. That, that's also where I met Aaron Roden in person for the first time. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah, he, he came. Stop yeah. By. Yeah. yeah. Those picnics, man. Those uh, those are. I can like um, they they help me mark important times in my life because I remember there was a picnic that I was going to go to actually with my daughter's mom. When we were, were going to go to the TBTL picnic when we were together shortly after my daughter was born, and then oh, a couple weeks before she actually told me that she didn't want me to go because we were kind of breaking up, I guess. <gasps> uh, and so she didn't want me to go because she wanted a chance to hang out with people without me around so they could get to know just her. But didn't you make the food for it? <laughs> and then she and then she weirdly Hold asked on, me wait a minute. And this then is she ridiculous. asked me to watch all of the kids cuz she has there there was my daughter has a, a brother and a sister and so she asked me to watch my daughter and the and and her brother and sister so that she could go, and then also asked me to make the food for the potluck. So, but the problem oh! is he did it. So he I did, did all of those yeah. things, oh, Jeff. Jeremy. No wonder you were a drunken slob, yeah, right? <laughs> and then, but then you know what? Like three years later, I got engaged at the picnic. So, oh, jokes on you. Yeah, because uh, that was 2009, in... asshole Jeremy. Well, no, it wasn't 2009. It was 2010? like 12, because uh, I met you a couple months later in October Yeah, after that picnic. Mm. 2012, baby. That's when I first started listening. Mm. Yeah? Good times. Yeah, so well, maybe you were at that picnic. Uh, maybe. Um, but I got to say, that picnic where y'all got engaged, that was really sweet. It was was fun. It was a fun night. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like I say, I can't pinpoint uh, precisely what the episode would have been, but it would have been late in 2012 there. Uh, Newly single. um, Completely bonkers. I was a good kid all the time, so I'm finally, like, taking days off work to get high and watch Game of Thrones. And, (laughs) you know, it was a real debauched time. And uh, so do you I think really that, got into TVTL lore at that time. <laughs> do you think that being coming part of the community in person helped you to like seal the ten, your tendom? 
Oh, of course. Of course. It's I mean, pretty it's pretty amazing. It's really cool to have this kind of disembodied virtual experiences with you guys. But yeah, definitely to meet in person and and to uh see the cut of someone's jib, you know? There's no replacement for it. So I know that you've taken Casey to a couple of these things. Is she an eleven? <laughs> yes. A ten and a half? A twelve? Does she not know what's going on? Like what what does uh, where does she stand? I I don't know if I could call her an eleven. I mean I yeah, I don't know. I don't know because she doesn't she doesn't have the kind of job like me where she can listen to podcasts like all day or day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, she. I don't know how much she's heard the show, to be honest. But she tolerates but she, going to the to the events with you. Yeah, and she really she loved it when we were there. And uh, <laughs> Jen asked the question like, uh, "What do you bring in with you when you poop?" Yeah, <laughs> we started integrating something similar into our show as an icebreaker or whatever. Um, and uh, and she also liked Jen's just overall philosophy and approach to to what podcasting can do. Maybe the two of you guys should together go back and listen in order from the radio days. <laughs> oh my god. The, that's not that too just much. Sounds like a lot of work. I know, but I'm just seeing if she, I'm if for it. Likes... I just think she'd look at me and she'd be like, <laughs> "You know, I've got shit to do, right?" <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Have you had any appearances on the show? Any emails read, called in, anything like that? I've had a few things. I uh, none of them are are quite uh, coming up at the moment, but um. I did get a shout out once from from the Andrew Walsh and it was one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened that nobody <laughs> needs to know about except I'm telling him right now. Okay. Hmm. Um <laughs> well you heard the story I just told so this is this yeah. is a safe place but <laughs> So I uh so I was writing in a lot I I'd send the email to both of them you know mm-hmm. just in case one of them would would find it interesting or whatever. And uh, and I guess more than once I had sent in kind of my my boosterism sort of quick take on Tacoma or whatever. And because I I love it and I was organizing in the city at the time and like and so I'm always talking about it. So anyway, uh, I don't know what the story was, but Andrew's like uh, just said something nasty about Tacoma. And then he goes like a beat passes and then he goes, um Oh, I guess we're going to hear from the radical mailman. <laughs> Ooh, the radical like, mailman. Damn it, Andrew. <laughs> you need that um that as your Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew. It's so funny that he has this like like snark master side. Mhm. Like what it. if what if guys? I just thought of this. What if Andrew is golf man? Oh, and he is also trolling Luke at the same time. It's like a Sybil situation. I love it. Oh, like he doesn't even know that he's golfing. Oh, I like this. I like this alternate (laughs) universe. I don't think Jeremy. I have no idea. Jeremy knows. Do you mean golf man reference? No. It's Jer. It's he's basically like Andrew's worst fan. 
He would write in because of, you know Cairo is a conservative. I know who Golf show. Man is. Okay. Yeah. No, I thought when you said Sybil, something about Sybil. Oh, oh that was a, a show and a book from back in the seventies. But it was like uh, a true story. With. Yeah, about a woman that had multiple personalities. I don't read mm-hmm. books. They ruin movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's uh. So yeah, so you're saying like Split he personality? Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's interesting. I can see that. And of course, if Andrew has Andrew... split personality, he would be he, he would be trolling himself. He seems like he has enough self-loathing that it would not surprise me if it needed a place to get out. So when he slept at night, he gets up and not writes only himself, does he get to not only does emails. he get to experience the abuse, but he also gets to do. Do uh, it. An intense form of aggressive puttering. What if he's the by neighbor? trolling himself? Oh, he's also the neighbor. What if he's the neighbor that he got in a fight with, <laughs> and, and it turns out he's actually just the crazy guy and wa- that's running around Wallingford, grouchily <laughs> talking to himself. <gasps> oh my gosh! And he left but, that pin on his own doorstep. This is a dark timeline that we're in, you guys. <laughs> okay. Yikes! All but right. seriously, I I do want to say that. That what I love about Andrew is is kind of what I hate sometimes about myself, which is mm-hmm. that here is a person who's really thoughtful and inspiring and careful and practical and all these things we like, but then he also loses his shit and goes to that childlike place of my dignity is threatened, must kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like that's my life. Yeah. That's weird. So That's also I what I hate it. about you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, but I think that he went there because of the perceived threat to Genevieve, not because oh. of himself. <laughs> I think it, he would have been a little bit less. I think he, m- one of my favorite things is when he went the next day was like, hi, neighbor. <laughs> I, just, I just love that so much. And then it was the wife and she's like, oh, hi. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, Jeff. What is your favorite drop? Oh, man, they're all so good. Uh, I got to say, uh, you, you can't, can't ride in my little, little red, red wagon. That's a good one. Is that right? Did I do it right? Yep, you did it. Perfect. Okay. Um, and then last, why does TBTL matter to you? Well, I think like most people, I came across the show at a time when... Uh, I had a lot of time on my hands. I was struggling with with this or that various different thing. And uh, I didn't have a lot of close friends that I could talk to. And all of a sudden, here were these guys who shared a uh, sort of a mindset and a philosophy with me. Um, But they also were the kind of thoughtful friends that I didn't really have very often. In real um, life. You know, guys that can talk about their feelings, but also talk shit, you know, that that care about women and, and want the world to be a better place, but they also don't want to be depressed all the time. You know, it's like a healing salve on a daily basis. Uh, but you know it's not phony. Because they're both honest about what they're going through. And so it it really got me through a lot of terribly difficult times. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's get to the tape. I'm going to set it up. This is episode number 
1,265, which is from January 25th, 2013. Um, just to just to set the stage, Luke is wearing suits. He just started wearing suits. Oh, the fucking suits. <laughs> um, he's on a juice diet. One of the many that he goes on. <laughs> and Andrew, the Andrew Walsh night show has just started. Oh, the promise of a new day. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the tape and come back and talk about it. What are you watching? Baggage. Baggage. What's baggage? Okay, so there are three contestants. Today they're girls. And this guy Danny is looking for love. And they each have three suitcases. A little one, a medium one, and a big one. And then What are you watching? Baggage. Baggage. What's baggage? Okay, so there are three contestants. Today they're girls, and this guy Danny is looking for love, and they each have three suitcases, a little one, a medium one, and a big one, and then they have, like, their secret baggage, um, and they reveal it, and if it's super freaky, he eliminates them. Okay, like this chick. The black one or the blonde one? Yeah, the black one. Her littlest baggage is that she spends $1,000 a month on her weave, which host Jerry Springer thinks is unbelievable. Her medium baggage is that she plans her wedding after the first date, and her biggest baggage is that she pokes holes in condoms. Whoa! That's a crazy thing to do. I know. TVTL. I was listening to your program on my car radio. What do you think so far? I'm a fan of yours. A really big fan. Everywhere you go, they have different names for different fish. Every every single place you go, I mean, even if you go from from New York to the Florida, fish has it, it have five different yeah. names. And so when you get to France, by the time you get to France, it has a different name. Yeah. Entirely. Okay. Cheese fish. You're not lucky you are to be hanging out with me. I know. I'm really lucky to be hanging out with you. Now, I mean, what you're learning? Oh, I'm learning. Yeah, I'm crazy learning. stuff. No, this is this has to do with fear. You have a fear of dying. The demons don't really care what you chant as long as you do what they want. Pork chop sandwiches. Pork chop sandwiches. If I were you, I wouldn't focus on what he's saying, but more the fact that he's saying something. We, sex, you, here on this Friday afternoon edition of TBTL. This is the show that just might be too beautiful to live. I'm as real as the streets. I like it that we're now starting the show with me making an obscure reference that's not even included in the obscure audio drop that we started uh, the show with. So that's great. That is, as we like to say, inside to the power of inside. I'm Luke Burbank, your host. This is episode 1265 in a collector series winging it. 188 pounds. Do you not see me rocking this chiseled slab of hard man body? I mean, that's one way to describe it. I don't, I don't want to be cocky, but um, I mean, it's been called that. Uh, we, uh, well, we're happy to be here on this Friday. I can say that much for the show. Hi, this is Luke's mom, Susie, coming tonight on TBTL. What is the appropriate level of racy email that you can send to your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife at work? What is the appropriate level of raciness before you should be mortified when it gets forwarded to the entire workplace? What a fun, sexy time for you. Uh, Andrew Walsh and I may have different standards on that. Speaking of Andrew Walsh, right over there. New Hampshire. Is Jen Flash Andrews. <laughs> no, I, it's Andrew. Sorry, I, guys. I it's, just it's got Andrew. I, can I read? Let me just start by reading an email I just literally read two seconds ago while you're doing the intro. Yeah, sure. Somebody wrote, when you say I'm Andrew Walsh, I guess talking about the evening show. When you say, I'm Andrew Walsh, it sort of sounds like you're saying Commander Walsh. I think that should be your new nickname. That was Marcy and Olympia. Marcy, you just made my day. I think I'm going to go with that from now on. Right over there, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, New Hampshire. Commander Walsh. Good day, sir. 
Maybe like one of those um, ironic names, like a really big guy whose nickname is Tiny. I don't like. I don't like the way your brain went there. I think. I think that I. I think. I think I command the microphone. Is what Marcy is hearing. I command an answer from you, Sir Sir Walsh, of her 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 Majesty's Royal Navy. <laughs> what the fuck is this about? What? Oh, you brought it in here. Oh, it's Cindy. That's is that Cindy. what her name is? Well, that's some, sometimes I call her that. Why? This is so upsetting. <laughs> you can't see this because this is an audio show, at least as far as I've been told. But I'm holding in my hand a styrofoam head, like a thing you'd put a wig on in a right. wig shop or something. Yeah. I saw this in the garbage yep. here at the radio station. That's where I saw it. And I thought to myself, thank God that's being thrown out <laughs> because there's something deeply upsetting about these <laughs> denuded, almost featureless, Certainly, uh, dead-eyed, mm-hmm. uh, like I, you know, human head renditions. And then I go on Facebook and I see that there's a picture of you. You've got it in the studio with you. You have it mic'd up. <laughs> and it was actually Vale, the newscaster's idea, to make sure that that uh, the head was on mic. Yeah. That is so upsetting. <laughs> How does that help you with your process? I don't know. I don't know. When I first, uh, when I very first started filling in, I was, so or I was so ridiculous. I was so ridiculously nervous. Tchotchkes? I do like tchotchkes. I used to take in my Sue Bird bobblehead when I would fill in for you those first couple this. of times, and I was just so so nervous. I remember uh, my buddy, my first boss, one of my first bosses, Mike, who you've met, Mike Arnold. Remember oh yeah, he sat sure. on TV one time? Yeah. Um, I remember during a fundraising time where we were piloting a new show or something, and he said, you know, you just make the hosts relax by, like, letting them take in tchotchkes or try to encourage them to kind of create, like, a fun atmosphere in the studio. And maybe that stuck with me, so that's why I took the Sue Bird in there when I was filling in for you those early days. And then, um, but this I don't like know, this opposite. thing is just, this this, I like can't this get enough make of this me, thing. This would make me so, I mean... I already have my my challenges uh-huh. when it comes to hosting. I feel like that would make it so much worse. I for mean, me. it's creepy. I would love to sit here and tell you that this is not a creepy thing to bring. Right. Into so the my studio. question, my question remains: How on earth does putting a some kind of creepy item in the I broadcast studio with funny. you? How does that not? How does that not know. make it harder for you to do your job? I just think it's funny when people. Um, when people ask me uh, who it is, sometimes I tell them that it's their new stepmom and that they have to call her mom. Is this it's, why nobody wants to be a guest on your show except me? You know what? I'm more of a, I'm more of a prop radio host. Have you heard of <laughs> prop comedy? This is oh, kind sure. of like prop radio. Yeah, Commander Top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they. That's why they call me Commander Top. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So anyway, just be nice to just be nice to it, and don't let it freak you. I just let it look at you. Just look looking look into her eyes. I don't like it one bit. Mm. I don't like it that it was on producer Brian Buckaloo's desk earlier today. I feel like it's... Well, we share a desk. That's oh, why. Oh, right. Yeah. It's yeah. a collaboration pod, yeah, isn't so, it? Yeah, um, so... How are you on this Friday, by the way, aside from your weirdo friend I'm here? pretty good. I think you're going l- to learn to love <laughs> learn to love Cindy, I think. Yeah. You know, there was, I'll tell you this about tchotchkes. There was a time in my life where I was like a crow, and anything that was just kind of weirdo mm-hmm. and haphazard like that, my brain said... Grab that yeah. crow and bring it back to your right, crow nest. Right, exactly. And then I fucking grew up. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then and I did house, puberty. And now my house doesn't. Right. Ha- doesn't. This isn't at your house in your no. defense, but it's like I really think a big part of being. I was watching this documentary about asexuals um, last night. It's good to see that this button is already coming unbuttoned. Oh, that's a you know. As I've been suit. wearing more and more suits, even you know suits that were not exactly free, I've noticed 
maybe they think that when you buy a suit, you're never going to wear it. <laughs> yeah, you only wear it once a Because, like, month. if you wear a suit, like, three times, again, even, like, and this wasn't, like, a, you know, $50 suit, even a sort of semi-nice suit, it's amazing to me how much the buttons want to come undone. Yeah. And now, you haven't had that laundered yet either? So it's no. not even, so it's just wear and tear of just No, I have this other one that I, that I bought, this wool one, and the top, it has a button fly, which, by the way... I'm all for tradition, Club Monaco, mm-hmm. but button flies are, are just a they're just a hassle, right? So uh, it's funny that the tradition. I didn't realize that that's, came off. that's more traditional than a zipper is a button fly. I believe buttons would have predated. Oh zippers. right, of course, technically. So yeah. so like I think they're just trying to be they're trying to be interesting, but mm-hmm. it's just every time I button it up. I'm annoyed at the whoever made it because I'm like mm-hmm. you know over the course of my life this is gonna this is gonna shave probably 20 minutes off my life yeah and the other thing is the top button fell off and I was like I better get that fixed and then I wore it again and I was like well, that's not really noticeable and now uh, the middle button's about to go oh so are you the pants soon. you're wearing right now no 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 oh good no. Um, but uh, no you need, was, some, you need some uh, some uh, safety pins yeah that'll be good um, so anyway what I was gonna say though is that like I I was watching this documentary about asexuals. <laughs> Um, like you do as as one, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, well, can I can I can I side note my side note really quickly? <laughs> yeah, please. I I watched two documentaries the other night. Carrie went and hung out with uh, with friends, actually a friend named Japan's number one mixer, Sean Dettori. And Never so heard they, of him. they were hanging out, and she was like, "Well, this will give you more time to watch your your programs," which basically means watch your stories, which basically means documentaries on Netflix. Uh-huh. So I said, absolutely. Absolutely, positively. <laughs> so first, I watched Anvil, which I think a lot of people have seen. I've never heard of it's it. It's about this Canadian heavy metal band that was like right there, about to make it. Like it, you know, they played with Bon Jovi and White Snake and all these bands. And for some reason, of all these bands, like and and you know, the 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 movie starts with Slash from Guns N' Roses and all of these, and Lars from Metallica, all these people that are in these really very popular bands saying. Anvil was like our favorite band. Oh. And for some reason, Anvil just never made it over the top. And it's, you know, flash forward 30 years, they're still in Anvil, but they're like these Canadian dudes in their 50s. And they're still rocking? Um, yeah, it's not my style of music. But, but I mean, they're still making m- music. Oh, they're... they've released, they're on their 13th album. Wow. Anyway, that was, that story, or that the documentary was a big, huge hit, I think. Can I ask how lo- old that documentary is? Like, is it very up to date? It's probably like three or four years oh, old. Oh, okay, yeah, so pretty new. It's pretty fun, though. But then, then the other one I watched was a documentary called Wasteland. Have you seen this one? Is that the? Is it about gar? Yes, it is. It is about garbage. But it's, it's not about it's not about where all of our um our clothing goes into no. Africa when we no. I don't know. I don't know if I know it, this. It, this guy, there's this Brazilian artist named Vic Munez who uh, lives in New York, and he's become this very popular artist, but. He goes back to Rio, and he goes to where the world's largest garbage dump is, where you have all of these pickers who live in and around the dump and basically spend all day climbing through piles of garbage, pulling out recycling. I know this because I heard you talking about it. That's – sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. And it is (laughs) – it is just – it is really one of the more life-affirming things I have seen in a long time. I highly recommend it. It's called Wasteland, and he he um, he goes down there and, you know, he basically involves – he basically involves these pickers in this process of creating this art out of the garbage. And it really – it changes their lives. It um, – it, it changes, you know, his life presumably, and it just ends. It's just a really, really interesting story. Sculptures and stuff. 
Um, what they end up doing is he starts by taking these photographs that are based on famous paintings. So he has the different some of these different pickers posing in these the kind of scenes that are very evocative. Mm-hmm. Well, they're basically exact copies of like famous paintings, mm-hmm. and then they take the photos and they project them in giant like. I don't know, 20 feet by 40 feet on this floor of this place that's like near the dump. And then he has the pickers go through and basically place the different kinds of garbage along where the lines of this photograph that's being projected. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, the person, the line of the person's nose is now six feet long. And so what you do is you put black stuff, old audio tape and a piece of a tire and along that. But it's so huge that it's like, you know, anyone can do it. So they fill in all of this stuff with garbage. And then when you step back, it's this perfect rendering yeah. of the original photograph, but now made out of this garbage. Right. It's actually not garbage, and that's a funny part of the movie. It's recyclables. And this there's this one guy who's this kind of young guy who's organized all of the pickers. And he ends up at the end of the movie, I don't think I'm giving anything, he ends up on this TV show and the hostess in Brazil saying, you know, why would you do this with garbage? And he goes, can I just correct you? He goes, it's not garbage, it's recyclables. And recyclables mm-hmm. can be used again. Mm-hmm. And everyone like applauds. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was really cute. When you say he organizes them, you mean like labor? Yeah, or, he's yeah. basically a labor organizer of these pickers. And and um, anyway, it's just like you want to – you you love the people that are working in this – in this um, landfill, like you love them so much after mm-hmm. watching this, and it's also interesting because it's not just a story of like their life is shit, get them out of the shit. It's also a story about human dignity, and I mm-hmm. my takeaway was, you can have a lot of you can have a lot of dignity, and you can make to a degree you can make your life what you want it to be wherever you are, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, because or you can be like me where you have every opportunity in the world, right. yet you have no dignity. And that's the opposite. Yeah. Uh, I call that movie Wasted Land. Yes. Starring Andrew Walsh. But really, it's like you think that the thought you have as a viewer going in is like he's going to get there and everyone's just going to be like, cr- like literally crying the entire time they're yeah, picking right. up garbage because yeah. that's what we think we would do. Yeah. But they're like joking around. It's like yeah. sunny out. They're it's like. It's called life. Yeah. It's called life. Yeah. Exactly. And so it isn't necessarily just a story of like, oh, these wretches. Right. It's a story of like. Holy fuck, these people are, they're having their life right where they're having it. Yeah, and, right. you know, it's also exciting for some of them to get to do other things that they've dreamt about. But it's, um, it just, I think it works on so many levels. Speaking of um, art made out of, uh, big murals made out of small images or whatever, have you seen that crazy yes. mural in our lobby yes. at, at work here? I don't even want to count the number of pictures of me in that, and you too. Same thing. I, so um, I just noticed this now. Apparently, it's been there since Monday. Somebody's like, "Do you, what, do you never walk through the lobby of your own building?" I, I guess I, I had don't. noticed it, but I didn't realize what it was comprised of. Yeah. So we walk. In, I walk in the lobby a couple of min, a minute or two ago, and I noticed that there's this huge mural of the Seattle skyline with the iconic needle and everything. And then you can tell right away that who is it? it's not Chuck Close. Who am I thinking of? It uh, is a Chuck, Chuck Close. It looks like a Chuck Close. Yeah, where it's like all it, it's the skyline is made up of all these smaller photographs. There's a, computer, there's a computer program that does this now, and that's yeah. why this has become very popular. Yeah, you take a whole bunch of photos, and then the computer program maps out, and I believe it probably it tints them. It tints them. Yeah, so that very then when fakely. You, when you yeah. put them up. It ends up creating this larger picture. Yeah, so I mean, back in the day when people it's were modern doing... day pointillism, but I don't want to get too artistic. With <laughs> I mean, you guys. and that's kind of a problem with this. And you know, I don't want to 
shit on the people who did this if they happen to be listening. But like back in the old days, people did this because they would find a photo. Well, this one was taken outside with a lot of blues and greens. Right. So this was, and but this is so clearly like they've just tinted. They've just put these blue masks or red masks over these photos. But they're basically photos of all of our faces from around here. And some of them are those horrible, horrible shoot shots of me from downstairs. Like my face is all over this GD I wall. Know. And then I feel bad. Uh, my buddy Jason, who also was kind of competing to get the job that I now have, and we're friends, but he's sitting there. We're standing by the wall. And he's looking all over for a photo of him, and there's no photos of him anywhere. There are literally photos of chairs. There are photos of numbers written on the wall. There are photos of old radio boards, and there's not one photo of this fellow who's often on the radio and actually does a lot of work oh around here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, we were laughing about it, but I was like, can we just draw in a photo of you sitting on this chair? Like, could, I would happily trade him one of the hundreds oh of headshot God, outtakes of me that they use. You know what? Again, this is this is exactly the point in the show where all the listeners who have real care. jobs yeah. uh, say, go fuck yourselves, Walsh and Burbank. How sad. You came in and found mm-hmm. a mural of your own face. By the way, I like the way that sounds Walsh and Burbank. What do you think about that? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Good mm. hear that. Start a new one. Yeah, Wasted Land. <laughs> um, anyway, just to wrap that up, not like anyone cared, but I was watching this documentary yeah. about asexuals, and there was this girl who was an asexual person, and she just had – her apartment looked like what my apartment would have looked like if I had an apartment when I was 14. <laughs> and it was like everything, ooh, bright, shiny, and yeah, like, right. ah, yeah, this is like the I, – I can't describe it other than to say there is a point when adulthood sets in for all of us where we need to just start saying no to things. But listen, th- this is coming back to my friend um, yeah. Cindy. The head's the, the not head. at your house. Right. The head, like, Could that I head actually, ever be in your house? Could I have, that head no, ever be in your house? I, and I have this Not just because Genevieve wouldn't agree. No, no, no. Actually, more and more, like I feel like I'm becoming a person who, like, I would love to move into one of those apartments. <laughs> where there's just a folding chair. Where it's just like, yeah, it's a wooden floor, a lot of glass, like a bed that can also be used as a uh, couch, as a and place to hold your possibly a stove. Heads. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I would be very, I would prefer very, very minimalism. And I used to be the same way. Like collect a lot of tchotchkes. So no, I, I do like not velvet, like clutter. Like when I was a teenager, I thought I was so hilarious because I had like a velvet Elvis. Mm-hmm. We have a velvet Lionel Richie hanging on and our I mean, wall. It's like everything, anything that was like unexpected. And if I was walking, like had I seen that styrofoam head when mm-hmm. I was walking down the road, yeah. I would have picked it up. Me too. I would have put it somewhere in. My, I would have put a fake mustache on it. And put it somewhere in my room or maybe first apartment. Well, first of all, notice that I've resisted both my own temptation and everybody else's temptation to draw or somehow to turn it into mark a sex head. The head to uh, put eyeballs on or anything, and I don't. I like the minimalism, but um, <laughs> the minimalism. But no, like honestly, Genevieve is a little bit more like we have this velvet Lionel Richie that we have hanging, and then she she found this literally on the side of the road. Somebody was throwing it away. She thought it was uh, like. She, I think she honestly thinks it's a crime against humanity to throw away uh, velvet images of Lionel <laughs> Richie. So that's hanging up. And, um, you know, I do feel like our place is a little bit too cluttered already. I would love to just kind of like go totally, totally minimal. But work is different. Like I sort of feel like – and again, especially our work. Like I don't know. Like, yeah, taking that in there on the, whatever it was, Wednesday night or whatever, taking that head in there. It, it was just kind of like – I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I don't feel so weird about being on the camera if I'm there with this weird little white head well, there thing. there you go then. We talked about it in the radio. We're trying to get people to watch our stupid video feed. People started naming it. People started like calling it Untan Mom. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Lene. Just, people started calling I it Lene. I just like to be Untan. It's fun. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, hey, on the subject of which uh, we ha- uh, we we have to talk about this uh, this sexy sexy we emails, don't have but to. the latest on the Manti Teo thing is that supposedly now there was 
a girl, an actual mm-hmm. female, a biological female in Pago Pago Samoa, <laughs> yes. who was providing the voice for those voicemails and long conversations. I don't buy it for one iota. That's what I hear. Not so, for one second. You know, yesterday when – and we are, we talked about this on the show. Yeah, we don't have to do any setup here. So those voicemails that we were playing on the show, I guess it was yesterday, um, I was talking to somebody about it after TBTL yesterday, a, a co-worker uh, in the newsroom, and she said, boy, yeah, once you listen to those voicemails and you know it's a guy, boy, you can really hear it. And I'm like, R- really? I'm – I'm missing that, and I went I back and sound, I listened to it. I agree. I really, I, I've been doing every. I've been, I like, I close my eyes when I listen to it, and I try to picture Tuyasa Sopo. Like, you know, we've seen photos of him, so I'm doing that thing where I'm trying to put his image talking and pick, but I just can't. It sounds like a woman to me. I'm not saying it's impossible. Like I know that they say he, you know, he does a lot of voice work. He went to acting school, all this stuff. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, it still is not like, oh, now that I hear it, yeah, it's so clearly a man. Here's the reason that I don't think that this woman, her name is Tino Tuyasasopo. The reason I don't think she was involved is for a couple reasons. One, one person can do a crazy thing. It's hard to get two people mm. It becomes more difficult to get two people to do a totally mm-hmm. cray thing. So we know Ronnie Tuiasasopo is involved. Now, I don't buy that he gets someone else in Samoa to just, like, turn over hours of their life every day and night. Some relative. Cousin? Cousin of yeah. his, I think, to just, like, okay, your job is to pretend to be this other chick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because most people would say, oh, that sounds fun, but I have to – I'm hungry. I'm going to go to Subway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, no, I'm watching The Amazing Race. So is this Can the I argument that – I'm trying to think if I'm parroting what Tom said. Tom Tangney said on your show earlier today, but like there's not a lot going on in Pago Pago. Okay. Um, it, First I, of all, maybe that's really insulting to everybody who lives there. And do you know even the, the Pagatens? <laughs> the <laughs> that, Pago. Oh, that would be awesome. Do you think we have any? <laughs> um, who's the closest to Samoa? Will you please email us? We want to know how close we are to having listeners in Samoa. And also I'm looking for somebody to voice uh, yeah. to put a voice to my weird white head. So Um so I I I don't think she was involved firstly because I don't think that anybody would commit that much time and energy mm-hmm. to this. The other reason is because if you've seen a picture of this girl, she's mm-hmm. pretty cute. Mm-hmm. And I think if she really did this, then clearly at some point she fell in love with Manti Teo. Right? Maybe, maybe. First of all, let me just restate one more time. I'm not saying that I necessarily have another theory or that some of what Manti is saying isn't true, but I just don't buy it hook, line, and sinker. This is so clearly like this is it. Like they, they're, They've matched up their stories. Tuyasa Sopo's lawyer says, yes, my client did it. We haven't heard anything from him. It's just like, yes, we are the culprit here. And then that that's, comes out basically on the same day that Manti is going on Katie Couric's show, uh, who, uh, by the way, I mean, this is pretty much an aside. I know it's tinfoil hat sounding, but uh, Katie Couric and him have the same spokesperson. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you saw that in Deadspin. Yeah, he hired... He hired Katie Kirk's longtime spokesperson a few days before, or maybe like a week before he went on her show. Um, so basically, Katie and Tuyasa Sopo, their spokesperson, kind of the the the, the pub. The person who wants to present the best image of both of these people um, is invested in in yesterday's interview, both sides of it. And I just sort of feel like if you're going along with these two guys saying. We just want to put this story to bed. Let's all get on the same page here. And if you did fabricate phone records, which maybe they did, maybe they didn't, then yes, that's why you would make them coming from Southern California and not Pago Pago. Well, here are the two things I'm rooting for. We were saying this on the radio show because I, I don't ever want this story to end. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, 
I don't personally think Manti Teo was in on as much of it as you think he was. I would like it to be Ronnie Tuiasosopo romanced him via falsetto. If that can't be true, mm-hmm. I would like Manti Teo and Tino Tuiasosopo, the girl, I would like them to get married. I would love them to get married. But I here's the deal. It, I mean, look, they had if, if it was her, they did actually they had a bond. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that. Here's is it too what, late? This is what bothers me. This, this is what is why I'm a little bit aggravated by this story. Because for whatever reason, I'm can not you, buying can Manti's story. Can I ask story. one thing? Yeah. If you're ever describing your, how you're aggravated, can you – and I don't think you do this, but I yeah. just mean this more for the listeners. Can you not call it aggro? Because oh, yeah. aggro makes no sense. People I know. Like, you've, you've actually – being I'm, so aggro. I think we had to st- restart a show one time because I said aggro. And then you got me off track, and then we lost where I was. When I think we okay, literally I just, restarted I just, the show. I want to just tell everyone, aggro doesn't make sense because it's not aggressive. No, it's, it's not. It's aggressive. So it would be, why was he so ugra? So are you all – you must be. You're also like anti-saying like chocoholic because it's not really – you're not an alcoholic. Oh, I never thought of that. See, you can't be a chocoholic. You'd be a chocolate-ick. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm <laughs> – I've got to burn all of my Kathy comics now. <laughs> no, you sold no, me a lot. Don't do it. Ah, I take it all back. Ah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Back to your story about aggressiveness. Oh God. Um, the reason I'm just kind of it, the reason the story makes you aggro. The reason I I feel a chocolateholic about this is because I do think that in some way or another, Manti Teo was either inflating this story or just being a drama queen about it for the attention to the press. He didn't stop his parents from from repeating lies that um, he knew were lies. If his parents are talking about these magical moments where he, where Manti and this girl, Lene, touched hands for the first time, and he's seeing this being spun into CBS pieces, and he's going and crying and crying and crying. like, And the whole time, you've never even met this person. You've never gone to her gravesite. You didn't go to her funeral. You didn't go to the hospital. Like, even if we believe his story, which I don't, do you think he's a horrible. Do you think he can cry on command? Maybe. Who knows? I don't think it's as hard as. Just because you're you're able to do it. Exactly. It's a defense mechanism. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I want to hear an apology from him. I really do. I think that I, I just that's the thing. I think that he's found a way to get out of this story with a little bit of embarrassment, but no reason to be remorseful. And I think if this story continues down the line, eventually somebody's going to uncover something and he's going to owe us an apology. Well, good. Well, I look forward to it because it'll give us another excuse to talk about exactly. it. Exactly. And I think the one thing we all can agree on is that the listeners can't get enough of this. That's right. It's either this or me talking about my juice diet. <laughs> So uh, p- pick your poison. All right, uh, we're out of time. We're going to do this. We'll do this email story <laughs> okay, on uh, Monday because uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Did I piss you off with no, my, not with, even. my, with my no, aggro-ness? No, you, no, not at all. Not at all. No, you may be right. You may be absolutely right too, Andrew. We'll see. Only as Van Halen once said, and I believe it was actually Van Hagar, only time can tell if we can stand the test of time. <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say, I may be right. I may be crazy. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we'll uh, we'll come back on Monday, I think, probably, and uh, do more imaginary radio for you. Until then, have a really just a, a most excellent weekend. Uh, and uh, when uh, until we see you again, please remember: no mountain too tall, and good luck to all.
Okay. What did you guys think? I loved it. Um, is it over already? <laughs> I know. So that that what I thought was interesting is we all listened to it and we're like, 30 minutes? That's so short. And that's basically what the shows were like for about two weeks. And it seemed they didn't say it in this episode, but I think they're recording in Cairo. Um just Oh, because- absolutely. No. I mean, I started listening to this. I you and I we had talked for a long time about mm-hmm. uh this episode, but I I was thinking of one later on and and I had forgotten that Luke had gone into the studio at Andrew's brand new uh friggin' night show and it was like exciting and they sounded like drunk or stoned (laughs) like they were just celebrating like it was fantastic and luke also was between houses he had sold the seattle house the mount baker studios and was living with i think dj tuna and was moving to port townsend so oh yes that was what was happening in their lives so i'm Mm -hmm. sure that they probably met an hour before Andrew had to go on the air. <laughs> and Andrew was definitely in rare form. I loved this so much. He was so, like, they just both sounded so happy. Yeah, I, lo- I love that um, he named the mannequin's head. Which oh, is my Cindy. God, Sydney. <laughs> I love that he um, he would tell people that it was their stepmom and that they now had to call it mom. <laughs> and he would and i love when he said look into her eyes luke <laughs> just like the whole thing was so silly and funny and that he also said that you should have some kind of creepy item in your in your studio or garage for people to look at <laughs> do you have anything creepy in your house jeff well uh I don't really. Uh, everything's pretty tasteful and chill. I mean, uh, that's the thing. Like, I was a nerd and, like, I played tabletop role-playing games and video games and stuff. But I was always afraid that women would see this stuff and find <laughs> out and be ashamed of me and not want to date me. So I never got into, like, tchotchkes and things. Oh, okay. Well, I'll so tell you something. I'm thinking that w- of getting into the tchotchke game is what I'm saying. I'll tell you what we have that's creepy in our house. A giant poster of Bobby Pape in the garage. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. From John Takamoto. We have a big picture of uh, a big picture from from the last TBTL picnic, actually. It says that's TBTL amazing. Is it the one when he's, like... In an inner tube without a shirt on, like staring up at the camera. No, it's no. from the Mariners game. Oh, so darn. Just, I don't think it's yeah, from the Mariners game. Is. I think it's from the picnic. Uh, I think it's from the Mariners game. Oh. oh, we'll have to have someone help us. We'll see. Um, oh man! So it's a picture of Bobby, and it says TVTL Sadhorns, and that's in our garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like a, I have like a corner. Basically, I took over the garage. Like I had this box of stuff that I. Uh, was not permitted to put up in Christie's house when we uh, originally moved in together <laughs> because uh, it was a you know it was her condo or whatever and uh, I didn't pay the the mortgage but now that I now that we went in halvesies on this <laughs> wonderful house together I uh, I took over the garage and put up all of my weird stuff that she wouldn't let me put up in her so old place right next so there's to a deer head up on the wall deer head that he got out of a dumpster <laughs> found right a next to the can. poster and I always say I don't know what's more upsetting like the carcass <laughs> on it or the poster of Bobby on the wall. <laughs> 
You know, honestly, the nerdiest thing I probably have, other than like maybe a Game of Thrones sigils poster, is uh, is uh, Casey got me for Christmas these um, like Darth Vader and Stormtrooper throw pillows. Nice. And those are pretty great. So folks see those when they come in. Actually, you know what? One time we taped the episode and I was like holding it and cradling it and squeezing it because oh. I was anxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, good. We can go deeper into that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that, Jeff. Um, <sighs> do you, like what? How do you feel about this whole suit thing, or how do you guys feel about this whole suit thing? Like, okay, I mean, if we're if we're doing this, can we go all the way back to the top of the episode? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know how I don't know how familiar you are with the show, Jeremy, but uh, at the top of every thing, they have this long set of clips and music and whatnot. And I love that girl's clip. <laughs> so oh my good. god. Baggage. <laughs> Baggage. Oh, yeah. Because you know what? That seems like a reality show that would be on. And just and it's the kind of thing you would want to watch and you'd want it to be great, but like nobody would ever like imagine mm-hmm. in real life telling somebody you tried to poke holes in condoms at your big suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> There's some crazy show. There's some crazy game shows out there. Most of them not not based in this country. But oh my, we should actually we should try and get um, listener uh, JoJo to tell us about to, the weirdest. To, to tell us about some of the weird game shows because I feel has like JoJo it, been to a Japanese game show? Well, JoJo lives in, in Japan, yeah. so he has. Um, <laughs> last Insight. time we were talking about one time we were talking about like how McDonald's started selling dessert French fries mm-hmm. that that came with like chocolate frosting and stuff. And Jojo actually went out to the, uh, McDonald's in Japan and bought them and like took pictures and recorded himself on his on, <laughs> on a little on his phone and sent us audio of his like of the whole experience. So we should send we should send Jojo out. Well, and also I've, just, I've seen some crazy earlier game shows. or late last year. um Andrew did a story about soda flavored popsicles that were in Japan, yeah, and, and he, did he, that too. he went and ate one of those too. Mm-hmm. Took one for the team. I enjoyed the documentary talk. I oh can yeah, get behind so, some documentaries. That's yeah. like that's like my routine because Christy is uh, falls asleep way earlier than me. No, no, I fall asleep at a normal person time, which is about <laughs> midnight every night, mm. eleven to midnight, and Jeremy doesn't need to sleep. So he goes, he watches movies until two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, so Jeremy, mm-hmm. what's your baggage? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you watch documentary? Podcast. Do you watch documentaries, Jeff? Uh, you know what? I studied documentary film. I was, I was, uh, sort of supposed to be doing one, uh, at the same time as working as an ice cream man the last year of my college experience at Evergreen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I never quite finished it. And so it kind of like I've always had a love hate with documentaries mm-hmm. because I love a good story and I like the music and the and all that of fiction. But I also like knowing that you can trust that somebody did good research and this is a place that you could maybe go or you could meet these people or you could relate to this story in some way. Uh, so I love all that stuff. But. Nine times out of ten, I'm going fiction just because that's what I like to write and that's what I like to read. And and the world is fucking terrifying. So <laughs> I need an escape once in a while. Yeah, I agree. So you don't have a favorite. Do you have a favorite documentary? Well, I mean, 
Bowling for Columbine was, was so good. pivotal for me. Yeah. That was like when I realized that the world's fucked. That well, <laughs> that we have really, really, really serious problems in this country and we need to do something about it like sooner rather than later. And that was how long ago? Like kind of upsetting. So that one haunts me. Um yeah, Casey watches them all the time. Like, I'm trying to think of anything more recent. Um, oh, 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 Cropsy. Have you guys seen Cropsy? What's that one? Dude, about? oh my god. <laughs> there was this basically this this uh, inmate of a mental hospital that when the hospital closed, like he had nowhere to go, and uh, he started kidnapping children, and uh, and he was like a boogeyman story. And so these kids that grew up there went back and tried to find out if it was real. And, and it turns out that there was really a guy that kind of fit that description. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was a really good documentary. Oh, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> um, and Jeremy? Yeah, I'm a little dark, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was 12, I would ride my bike up to the library about a half mile up the street. And I would sneak into the nonfiction section and read the encyclopedia of mass murder and like commit it to memory. I don't know why, but that stuff fascinated me to this day. Oh, thank God you have yeah. the internet now. You don't even right. you don't have to ride your bike. <laughs> you don't have to leave. Um, yeah. You could be pooping and read about it. Get yourself on a watch list somewhere. Um, Jeremy, you love documentaries. Do you have I any do. favorites? Um, yeah, so there's, there's two that came. To, I just watched one last night no a couple nights ago and i mean i don't know this wasn't the most well done one it's called rats <laughs> it's on netflix no, it's thanks. all about rats i think it was of interest to me because i do pest you control did. you it did was, i did pest control for a couple years it was a little it was a little over dramatic it was a little it was very produced and kind of cheesy i'm pretty sure that like three quarters of the characters in the documentary were made up but mm -hmm. uh but it did have some kind of interesting stuff about rats which i thought was no that's which I thought not was cool. for me but so no but the one that i would recommend it's on netflix right now it's called how to change the world and it's all about um it's all about the guy that started sea shepherd Okay. Uh, which is which, oh, Paul Watson, which is a splinter group that kind of broke off from Greenpeace because they were they were too radical for Greenpeace. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's about Dude, this that guy has they had the best reality show. Yeah. In my opinion, like of the 2000s or whatever, like, yeah. It's it's about Legit. these guys that were with Greenpeace and basically they they were out just videotaping all of these atrocities that were happening to to different animals around the world. They were uh, environmental and animal rights activists and th they Paul Watson got to a point where he was like it's not good enough just to videotape this stuff. We need to like actually physically intervene and get in the way. And so they would like start putting their bodies or the ships that they were on or whatever in between the the animals and like whalers or different whoever was trying to attack them. And uh, and they got kicked out of Greenpeace as, as a result because Greenpeace said they were being too aggressive. And so they kind of splintered off and started their own thing called Sea Shepherd. And it's it's just all about it's all about activism and and that specifically Paul Watson and that organization. And it's it's uh, it's really well done and it's super interesting and and inspiring. I actually watched it on election night because I was just like. 
It's about hope. to get really bad. <laughs> it's about yeah. to get really bad. And uh, it's it's inspiring and, and challenging to watch. It made me want to go, like, chain myself to something. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. So the one I'm going to recommend, I haven't actually watched it yet. Um, but I it's on my list to do, which is the 13th. It's about the 13th Amendment and what happened after um, slavery became oh, yeah. illegal. Uh, so everyone should watch that. Yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. It's Again, on Netflix. I think it's actually produced by Netflix, if I remember right. And so everyone oh, should watch that 13th. one. And then I think that I really like that one. The I mean, I know I like it, but I think this is one of my top ones. The one that you had me watch, what which was one of the first times we hung out, you had me watch that movie about the movie ratings. Oh, this film is not yet rated. Yeah, have you seen that, Jeff? <laughs> Uh, no. You oh my god. That. Okay. So it's a really interesting movie. It's all about the um, MPAA and and how m- movies are basically it it kind of exposes the hypocrisy of it's the, the rating system. And um, uh, it is super interesting. They like hire private investigators to try and figure out who these people are that are rating the movies and all this kind of stuff. But but. Uh, when, when we watched it, it was one of the first times that me and Christy hung out. We were like out doing whatever, hanging out somewhere. And we're like, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And I was probably well into my cups at that point mm-hmm. and decided that it would be a good idea to go back to my house. And by house, I mean the, the, <laughs> the glorified janitor, janitor closet in the basement of a church where I was currently living. So I invited Christy over to my quote unquote house, uh, to oh watch this God. documentary and I put it on and promptly passed out, but, uh, but not before getting incredibly uncomfortable because the whole premise of the movie is it's talking about, basically there's a lot of focus on the difference between an R rated movie and an X rated movie. And so they're, NC 17. And so they're showing a lot of scenes that had to get cut out of movies yeah, a lot because of, they were lot so, naked. <laughs> because they were so offensive, like violent rape scenes and like just terrible, terrible things. Uh, and okay, Christy, the- I don't know how you were able to get to this. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm surprised he was not surrounded by ladies at all times. I know, right? <laughs> it's uh, it's hard a, to believe. He had a mini fridge and he's like, do you want something? And there was like a gallon bottle of vodka and like tuna fish. Oh. <laughs> Dude, no. <laughs> yeah, all right. it's pretty great. You just um, mix the vodka in <laughs> with the tuna fish. It's oh, so that good. Been good. Um so you don't have any trinkets, but maybe you're going to decorate your studio with some tchotchkes, you think? Oh, yeah. So if if we go back to the head, mm-hmm. um, Untan number, one, I, number one, I love Commander Walsh and Sydney or Cindy. <laughs> Cindy. Mm-hmm. If, if that can be a thing, I don't know. I the first time I heard about this head, I'm like, I want to get one. But, you know. I feel like maybe I'm not good enough for tchotchkes. No. I feel like like my parents like made me think that uh that I should just have normal stuff and nothing for fun. No way. In the studio yeah, it's you kinda Catholic esque over at my house. That's what we're all of our like fun collectible stuff is gonna go in our studio. We just need to actually we have no furniture yeah we have no yeah. furniture for the it's studio just a big empty room just and have two a bunch of collectibles. but i do have some really sad news about cindy oh um i tweeted with andrew a little bit today 
and Cindy is no more. <sighs> Dude. I know. <laughs> R.I.P. Cindy. R.I.P. Lene. We never knew you. Um, <laughs> um, I said, oh, man, that's too bad. That would have been an amazing TBTL-a-thon swag gift. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you're, oh, you didn't listen. There was a time when they had a bunch of, like, trinkets and tchotchkes on their desk at Cairo. And then when they left, they just didn't want to take it. And I think some things got moved. But, like, Luke gave away a pair of shoes. Um, just, like, would randomly give people things all the time that they had on their desk or something. That's so wild. Yeah, I would love to have that Cindy head. <laughs> Guys, I have a few questions. Okay. Uh, they got a mural and Rance's picture wasn't in there. Uh, have you guys ever been as blatantly excluded from something like at work or whatever? Um, yes, because I was a contractor for Microsoft for a long time and they treat those, <laughs> those people like second class citizens. Like we would be in a meeting and they would go, all right, contractors leave. And we would just have to get up and leave or they'd have free lunch for the whole, um, the whole campus. And they would say, Oh, not contractors. And so we'd just have to go back to our desks. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. How about you, Jeff? Oh, well, I mostly exclude myself from <laughs> things. Uh, and I've been at this one job for so long. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a government job. Everybody's like, it's like we're required to be inclusive, you know, mm. or just not talk to each other. Um, before that, I guess my first job when I did dishes at a restaurant, it was like a three story restaurant that did seafood. Anyway, uh, the cooler kids were bussers and they got to go up and like actually see the customers. And I felt like a gargoyle troll in the dish pit that's that's probably the closest so you said rants rants got excluded they were talking about jason rants did, mm -hmm. did they ever say his last name oh they said jason i'm sorry i shouldn't blow up his spot no well, you should blow up his spot jason. that guy's a douchebag yeah, dude a he deserves to be excluded <laughs> jesus christ it, i mean the only thing that you need to know to to, to know that that guy is a douchebag is that he's doing well at cairo <laughs> And he defended a lot of Trump stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Hey. Well, look at him now, I guess. <laughs> he seems to be doing fine. <laughs> Did you guys ever have a velvet painting? No. Mm -hmm. No, but I remember my friend growing up, her parents had one of Jesus. <laughs> but one of... Uh, Lionel Richie, I would I would get down with some Lionel Richie on on velvet. How about you? Oh yeah, I had a white tiger. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> that and Elvis, I think, are the two are the two classics, right? Definitely. <laughs> and what about this? Um, what about the 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 Manti Teo thing? I you know I was taking down notes and I was like, look at these notes. Uh, I mean, don't look. Uh, we can't see. Here. We can't see anything. This is a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, let's see. Pago Pago Samoa. Fake girl to prank Teo. <laughs> so boring. Well, <laughs> I was laughing but, when I but, listened to that. But it sparked this in my brain. I was essentially catfished by an actual human. 
So this girl, uh, we'll call her Brittany. She, because uh, her name was Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> she, okay. It was like her okay. favorite show, right? So like, I think she, she was a, a sociopath or a narcissist, either way. Uh, she was the one earlier that I said, uh, I'm going to love you till I'm dead. Uh, she constructed her personality based around what worked in catfishing, right? So she flattered me. She like told stories where she turns out to be the victim or the hero. You know what I mean? All that same stuff, but I was actually seeing her from time to time. Mm. And it was a long distance relationship, like, like a 30 minute drive and I was broke. So it was like, could have been a million miles. Yeah. She could kind of hide who she was. And, uh, yeah. Way to get dark, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Well, what I yeah, thought was funny is this was all the news. This was yeah. all over everything when this came out. And then now we don't even hear about it. Like it just dropped <laughs> off the radar, I guess, like most news stories. And I looked him up. He's on the Chargers. Yeah. The newly Los, the Los Angeles, Angeles Chargers. Right. Chargers. Yeah, he's um, moving north. So hopefully. He's doing well in his life. Seems to be. Yeah, I'm glad right. he's I mean, able to. Even the league minimum in the NFL isn't bad, unless you I take was going to say the fact that he's destroying his body <laughs> and <laughs> possibly his brain. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I hope I you laughing. found love, real love. I was laughing when I was listening to it because I was like, "I'm Jeff. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you don't strike me as the biggest football fan." And no, I mean, I I go Seahawks, and that's about it. Like, I probably won't even watch the Super Bowl. I I know Christy is not a, not a huge as big of a fan as she used to be anyway, and uh, but then I realized that probably it's like the most TBTL thing ever for three people that don't really know that much about football to be trying to talk <laughs> about football. <laughs> so but it wasn't maybe really... we should crank up some K dude and little Hoagie or whatever <laughs> they're called and uh, see if we can't alienate Mike Frizzell. <laughs> but honestly, I know more about I know more about the players' game than their uh personal lives like i've i i think because i never wanted people to know about my personal life it freaks me out to know about other people's yeah. mm-hmm. well and what an embarrass i mean this is an embarrassing terrible situation that he went through anyways and for people that don't know like his grandmother died and then this woman he had been dating long distance that he never actually saw i guess um died as well mm-hmm. like of leukemia and then got in a car accident except for maybe none of that actually happened and, then and maybe, maybe none she wasn't of it. actually real and then maybe it was his friend that was a guy and they were trying to cover up that he was and gay maybe it was his cousin like we don't know <laughs> like this whole the whole thing was like and it was blown up right after he won the heisman trophy like the yeah. whole thing was terrible in so many different ways and then you end up on the chargers <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so there you go i hope he found love yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's still really unfortunate that I mean, if this story was just exactly what it was on its face, like even that has to be hard uh you know, coming from a uh our culture that that values masculinity and like power and no way you'd let yourself be weak and potentially intimate with a a man like you would with a woman if you're straight and like what would mom say and like mm-hmm. 
there's so much going on there and and maybe that's why i tell myself i don't care about the story is because like i lived in this universe you know growing up and uh and if you were called effeminate or gay or whatever, like I was a nightmare and you'd fight. So for this guy to have to go through all that on the uh, public stage. Yeah. In this day and age, like it's just really reinforces how difficult it is for young men and boys like to to navigate still. Well, I just still don't understand. I just don't get the motivation of catfishes either. I've had a few friends be catfished and i just don't understand the whole and we love i guess you've never dated a heroin addict huh what was that i guess you've never dated a heroin addict that she knows of that i know of (laughs) i mean basically we're talking about people who for whatever reason don't care about hurting people Mm mm-hmm I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't I don't think it's that they don't care about hurting people. I I think that most people do it because they're broken they, they're broken in some way themselves and they're just trying to earn acceptance and they they want to be liked and they don't think that they will be liked if they are themselves and so they have to try and be somebody else, you know. And they end up finding somebody and you build that emotional connection and the other person latches onto it for whatever reason and you know that that feels good you know so i i think that there's probably some people that are just like sociopaths and are doing Mm -hmm. it just to fuck with people but i'm pretty sure that most people involved in situations like that or most people perpetrating a catfish are doing it out of some level of you know they're they're trying to fill some kind of void that they got going on can you tell we watched the mtv show catfish a little bit too much jeff I, dude, I had I had to watch it like every day when I was with that girl. Like, <laughs> my God, it was so upsetting to me. I couldn't stand it. I'm like, oh, every episode's gonna be like this. Yeah, like one person completely lying to another person, and like it was as if I was watching the relationship I was in the middle of unfold over the course of one episode. <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand how in the you know the the year of our lord 2017 uh, people are still getting catfished like everybody has a phone in their pocket oh you and- highly overestimate the power of codependency my friend <laughs> yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah people want to be loved and when you are a normal person who trusts people like that love can be tainted and twisted and abused and, and- when you don't want to know the truth that's another yeah part because of it. you're a human being and you're sad and you're lonely like i I'm talking about myself here, I guess <laughs> like <laughs> spoiler like you you let some stuff go down and 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 so after this i I started like I, it was red flag watch all the time, and if I was with the lady and I was like, you know, I gotta say it's a bit red flaggy right here mm-hmm. like like it's made me much more uptight about that kind of stuff like like if you seem at all overly obsessed with your viewpoint and like what will make you look good chances are i can't trust you to behave like a normal person you know yeah for sure i think these people give themselves away if you know what to look for All right, Jeff, do you have anything else to say about the episode, about TVTL? 
Well, shit. I love it so much. Like hearing two guys that I, I can not feel ashamed telling other people are my friends, like hearing them have a great time, uh, at a time in their lives where like things were looking up and it was exciting and, you know, to be a part of that, like it's, it's pretty great. And then just for me personally to be connected to the community and the philosophy and the fucking comedians in this, in this circle, whether standups or just fucking jokesters with a keyboard, like these tens are amazing. And, uh, I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have a second podcast. Like I wouldn't, get to be a guest on stuff like this and i wouldn't have friends like my very best friend erica like all of you guys like ah oh man without tbtl there would be no lrb uh <laughs> without the lrb there would have not been this constant desire on my part to defeat you guys <laughs> and to keep going <laughs> to just outlast you like uh, just grit it out like it's why I'm still doing this. Like you're gonna yes. have to get some more. You're gonna have to get some more hosts. Yeah, because they the on adding to people. It. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, TBTL um, legitimately changed my life, and it's it it uh, it opened me up to the world of podcasts, uh, and uh, and helped me find the podcast that's probably one of the most influential things in my life, like bar none, and that's the Mental Illness Happy Hour with Paul Gilmartin and uh, I was able to share it with Luke and then he got to be on the show and like he gets to use this platform to talk about it. Like it's things are happening for people like myself and uh, for people generally who just want things to get better, you know, mm -hmm. like it is getting better at least in this little slice of podcast heaven. <laughs> oh i like that that's awesome and aggro is fully legit i'm sorry totally seriously I don't know what that, luke yeah. was I, talking about that actually made me mad i was like <laughs> <It made you laughs> aggro, i got aggro oh would you say that it made you aggro yeah. So, so it no it. it was luke luke said luke was saying <gasps> right. you can't say aggro yeah 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 Ugh. he okay. takes these stance it's like people that say like like uh uh you have to do a French word. You, if you pluralize it, you got to say it the French way. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. It's the English language. It's about communication. Get that thing out of your behind and let's have a conversation. Yeah. And it's GIF, not GIF. No. Fuck you guys. God it's, damn you. It's GIF. <laughs> but the word I have like that is ukulele. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because ukulele is the like Americanized way uh, to say it, <laughs> and the Hawaiian way is to say ukulele, mm -hmm. and so people. Oh, that's often... more. It, it's more trippingly off the tongue. <laughs> well, it's a it's a Hawaiian word, right? So right, you will often get corrected. Mm. But if you say it that way, then you kind of sound like a douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You do. Yeah, you do. Uh, all right. All right, guys. 
as always, if uh, if you want to find out anything more uh, about us, you can find us on our website, littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Little Red Bandwagon or go check out the Stens page, of course. Um, post whatever you want. I'll approve it. <laughs> for some reason, they made me an admin. Uh, until Mike hears this anyway. Uh, we're on Twitter at LRB Podcast. And Jeff, do you uh, do you have a website or something? Where should people find oh, you? Hell yeah. Like before I plug, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. And thanks to the two of you and the rest of the LRB family for giving me a, a, a warm bosom to lay my head. It's uh, It's been great. Uh, I... Like I said, I have this podcast that's sort of the San Francisco 49ers to the LRB's <laughs> Seahawks. Uh, it's called Everything is Awesome with Jeff and Casey. Please go like us on Facebook, iTunes, all that jazz. And uh, I'm starting a new podcast, dropping five episodes tomorrow at 9 a.m. It's called Shattered Worlds RPG. And it's a, it's a game that I created. And uh, me and a few friends are are playing through it and building the world and, and the rules and stuff. And uh, I'm going to try to get a bunch of stand-up comedians. And it's going really good. I'm having lots of fun. I've written pretty much an entire novel now, like, based on the, the world. And, and uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. So if you want to learn more about that, hit us up uh, at Everything is Awesome on Facebook or uh, tweet at us at EIA podcast. And uh, I'm at LFA Tacoma. That was, why don't you send me a, uh, send me an email or a Facebook message with all that stuff in it and sure. I'll put it in the show notes. So Sweet. if you guys want to find out more about all of that stuff that he just mentioned, just go to littleredbanewagon.com. Look for the most recent uh, episode or episode 189 and you will, uh, you'll find links to everything that Jeff just mentioned there. Cause I want to make sure that people can find it if they're looking for it. So, And if I could just say, if you guys like Nerd Out Loud or you like this weird dynamic that's happening right now against Mike's better wishes between Jeremy and Christy, <laughs> uh, that's a lot like what my show with Casey is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah, two of us bickering and, and loving each other and <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> All right. Oh, and don't forget, if you want to be a host on a recap show, send me an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And same, if you would like to, like Jeff, come on and do go through your 10 interview. Um, thank you so much for coming on, especially at such short notice. It's been lots of fun. Um, until next time, this is the next party. Bernie would have won. Can I side note my side note? Yes. <laughs> Nailed it.